Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Sick Just Got Sicker. No, I'm kidding. Welcome back for the Blitz podcast. Um, due to me being a little under the weather, I guess I would be listed as questionable on the injury report. Um, I feel like I probably am suffering from the effects of a concussion with this sinus thing that's been kicking me all over the place for the past two days. So Harley and I are actually recording on a Tuesday night um, instead of normal Monday nights. Harley, how's it going? Well... There's a school here in Minnesota that's had to cancel most of their winter activities this week because more than one-third of the population of the school is down with the flu right now. Now, I've managed to avoid it so far this year, and I'm sure it will probably strike me with furious vengeance and curious anger or whatever the hell that quote is at some point here in the near future. But for now, I'm doing okay, so hopefully I can carry us through this episode. Well, I hope you can, too. I will chime in as much as possible, and hopefully there's no coughing or sneezing fits. Um, I am lucky. This is not the flu. I've had the flu before. Knock on wood that there's no body aches and pains and fever. It's just the sinus pressure is, I feel like I probably got speared by Vontez Perfect. Yeah, uh, there's a certain player, uh, I'm trying to remember who it is right now, that's currently questionable for this week with a broken rib and a slightly punctured lung. And I think to myself, how is that player questionable? <laughs> yeah, nothing questionable about that. Is that Matt Breda we're talking about here? I mean, come on. I mean, I'd be out for probably two months with that. Exactly. So, but yeah, I mean, we've been lucky. I, I, I was thinking about this a couple weeks ago. I was like, man, we haven't had, either of us haven't been sick. I haven't had to have you know, tea and honey to get through a show like we've done in you know years past. And of course, two weeks out, boom. So it always happens. Yeah. Sooner or later. But I'll tell you what, I want to get right at it. So I'm going to throw it over to Harley for this week's blitzed podcast news. Thank you, Steve. The Carolina Panthers 2020 quarterback outlook gets murkier this week as the team will bench the struggling Kyle Ellen in favor of third-round rookie Will Greer. Cam Newton is technically still under contract for 2020, but with only a $2 million dead cap hit and coming off of a potentially debilitating injury, the team is likely to move on from him. If you still have Kyle Ellen as a quarterback, you can drop him now since he won't help you next year and you are obviously already out of the playoffs this season. Chris Godwin and Scott Miller both left Tampa Bay's contest Sunday with hamstring injuries, and neither will play this coming week. With these injuries, Tampa is left with only three healthy wide receivers going into week 16. Or as Philadelphia would call that, an embarrassment of riches. (laughs) Daniel Jones is poised to return this week in a doesn't-matter-for-anyone meeting against the Redskins. This raises the obvious question. Is it better for Jones' development to be on the field 
turning the ball over every other drive or to be on the sidelines watching Eli Manning turn the ball over every other drive. <laughs> we have breaking news from the Who Needs Wide Receivers Department. Ten different teams failed to complete ten passes to their wide receiver core this past weekend. One of those teams, the San Francisco 49ers, completed only four passes to their wide receivers. That probably wasn't the smartest strategy as they watched their team lose the game when Julio Jones caught his 13th pass of the game against them for a game-winning touchdown. <laughs> and finally, Josh Gordon is once again suspended for using a banned substance. All is right with the world. This has been your BPN News Update. All right, so when you were doing the... Uh, actually, let me back up. So you can tell how out of it I am because I didn't tell our listeners what we're going to do first, like we usually do. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to go over our far too early top 12 at the quarterback and running back positions for next year. And then we will have two doses. I figure I might as well use the word dose since that's what I'm taking, a bunch of doses. Two doses of DFS. We'll do a Saturday slate and a Sunday slate for our listeners. But a couple of things I don't listen or I don't know in advance what Harley's going to talk about. So I made some notes as you were writing, you know, running down about Tampa. And I immediately was thinking to myself, are they going to change their name to Philly South? So when you said embarrassment of riches, that actually fits better. Um, exactly. And Eli, one has to ask, is there anything to it in that he now got back to 500 for a career record, and they don't want to take the chance of having Eli dip back below that 500 record when he retires. It's possible. I mean, there's been a lot of debate online about Eli's status as far as a potential Hall of Fame quarterback. I think the two Super Bowls alone pretty much guarantees that for him. But again, it, it's definitely been a very fierce discussion topic online especially against the dark side those two wins against the dark side yes um and then hey listen i didn't have the atlanta game but i of course saw the the replay correct me if i'm wrong but did atlanta score 12 points in five seconds i, I couldn't tell you for certain if it was five seconds but it seemed like it was really really quick because i think that there was like five seconds on the clock on that last play when julio caught the touchdown i think yep. they let the clock run out to zero and then they put a second back on, so they had to kick off, right? Yes. And then they recovered the fumble or whatever it was, and they ran it in for a touchdown. So I can safely say, whatever, five seconds, six seconds, eight seconds, I think that will be a record that stands forever. You will never see 12 points scored faster in an NFL game. Well, I watched a lot of football this weekend. I will say this. I have not seen this many Stanford band plays in one weekend in a long time. Yeah. There was at least three I saw. <laughs> Very true. And then the um, jump shot from Wentz to Greg Ward. That's all that looked like to me. It was like a fadeaway jumper. Well, I, I don't know Greg Ward's uh, history as a basketball player, but, of course, he was a very, very popular play a couple weeks, uh, couple weeks ago, a couple months ago when he was in the Alliance of American Football. Yeah. All right, so you want to get right at it? Want to jump right into our top 12 at quarterback? Sounds good. So, believe it or not, I still put a list together. Basically, it's a list of who I won't draft, because you know me, I've got a stream. Um, but you want to just knock out our the top three real quick, because I guarantee that we're going to match, if not exactly, the top three will be the same top three. That's my guess. I guarantee we've got the top two. Uh, third one may or may not match. Uh, how many, my top three. How many are we going to match on total? Including, I think we'll match on 10 of the 12 names, 
the order wise, I think we'll match on three. Okay. I'll take the over on the three and the under on the 10. Okay. My one, two, three, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson. And we only match on two of the three. I'm guessing Wilson is the one you've left off? No, I actually, initially I had Wilson at four and bumped him up to three. Um, I have Lamar Jackson at one, Watson at two, Russ at three. And I'll give my next two to round out the top five, since that'll give you, that's where I have Pat Mahomes and then Dak Prescott. So now let me say a few things. With Lamar Jackson, I, I foresee that he'll have to improve as a passer. Now, he might have some regression from a touchdown, passing touchdown standpoint, but I would expect him to have more yards. His value truly comes from his legs. We, we did that exercise earlier this preseason. He'll be drafted way too early. And then I decided, do I like Watson or Russ better, right? Watson or Russ, Russ or Watson. I went with Watson because I just think that he's guaranteed to throw the ball where Seattle does want to run the ball and they want to have that kind of, you know, balance. So that's what defaulted me, Russ, to number three. And then with Mahomes, yeah, he easily could be number one. Honestly, he really much could be. But um, it, I'm not going to argue with any order of those top four. I just, I, I'm sticking Dak in there, and he's the wild card because I'm doing that based on the fact that I think he gets a big deal. I think that Jason Garrett's gone. Now, who are they going to bring in as coach? Are they going to bring somebody in that's going to rely on the passing game or somebody that's going to rely on the running game? Right? Yeah. So I think that they enter the 2019-20 time of you know way things are, and we see them commit to the pass. So that's why I'm going to put Dak that high. I'm giving you my quick four and five. Uh, Watson, who you have at uh, three, correct, or two? Two. He is my number four uh, for a lot of reasons you mentioned there. And I've got surprising number five here. Now, what you'll notice is three of my top four are quarterbacks that are known for their rushing ability. My fifth is also known for his rushing ability, and that is going to be a surprise to you. It's going to be Josh Allen for Buffalo. And here's the reason why. That offensive lineup there is actually not too bad, and they're going to use this offseason. They're going to have some money to work with. They're going to sign a fairly good free agent wide receiver to pair alongside John Brown. They're going to have another season of experience for Robert Foster. Uh, they're going to have uh, Dawson Knox entering his second season, and they've got a good young running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield, and Devin Singletary, too. Plus, Ellen's always a threat to accrue 40 to 50 yards on the ground, and he does like to steal a few rushing touchdowns each game, too. Yep. So who, go over your top five again. You had number one was? Mahomes, Jackson, Wilson, Watson, and Josh Ellen. Gotcha. So Allen did not make my top 12. Um, and that's simply because it's just as tough to fit somebody in there. But I agree with everything you're saying. I think he's easily can be a top 12 or better quarterback, and the rushing does set him apart. Um, Buffalo just seems to be willing to play a slower game, and that just worries me a little bit. But he's probably someone that will be on my teams next year because I don't know that people will commit to, to taking him in the top 10 quarterbacks. Let's put it this way. You're going to get Ellen later next year, yep. and he's going to produce numbers that will make you kind of think to yourself, why did I waste a first-round pick on Lamar Jackson? Yep. I agree. That, that's, that's my favorite that you have so far because I don't think he falls in that top 12. So, 
at six, seven, and eight, I've got three veterans. Probably shouldn't, but I've got three veterans. I've got Drew Brees because he, does he look like he's found the fountain of youth and took it all from Tom Brady? Because that's what it looks like to me. Um, and I'm sorry, I don't have Brees at six. I have Matt Ryan at six, Drew Brees at seven, Aaron Rodgers at eight, simply because I, Ryan's a little younger, and we know that he has established weapons. And Brees is a little older. You always have to worry about that fall off. And then with Aaron, I mean, he's been disappointing this year. Would you not agree? I absolutely agree. And uh, I think that the Packers will also do a little something this offseason to stabilize that wide receiver two position opposite Devontae Adams. Yeah. Now, we've started to see a little bit of comfort level between uh, Mr. Rodgers and Ellen Lazard as the season's progressed. But he hasn't really had that true number two receiver. Plus, we'll have a second season under the belt for Jay Sternberger. I think that's going to help the passing game. And they won't be burdened by Jimmy Graham's contract anymore. Yeah. So, and Aaron can easily finish as a quarterback one any given year. But um, that's just, that's how deep quarterback is right now. So, um, who knows? Maybe. We have we have two matches in the six, seven, eight range. Okay, who do we have? Uh, they, they don't match in the slots, though. Who do you have? Uh my seven is Rodgers. My eight is Breeze. So I, too, am going with veterans. I'm going with a veteran at six also. Okay. But it's not a veteran you listed. I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins of the Vikings. And this is only because, again, the Vikings have two premier wide receivers in Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. And anytime you have two talents of that high in nature as your receiving options, plus a touchdown-heavy tight end in Kyle Rudolph, you've got to rank the quarterback high and cousins is proving it this year. He still has his struggles in terms of perceived true NFL value in terms of his inability to win in big stage things, but his fantasy stats have been solid all season. They have, and I, he did not make my top 12. Um, and it's probably because I still have in my head that I feel like the coach and the team don't want to throw the ball if they can get away with it. Um, but I, I can see the argument for him, and, and especially with the weapons that he has. So, he also has a very good pass-catching running back, too. That is true. Yes, when he's healthy. Yes, two, he of, two of them. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> um, who do you have at 9 and 10? 9 and 10, I'm going to go with a couple of younger quarterbacks known for both their passing and their running ability, uh, both of whom play in offenses that are going to be higher offense, higher octane offenses the next couple of years. That's Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray. Okay, so you have Dak at 9 and Kyler at 10. I have Dak, of course, up at 5, but I have Kyler at 9, believe it or not. Um, and I do. I think we see the offense improve. I think we see him get more comfortable, run a little more probably. And that's, where, that's, what, that's what pushes him up and in. And that's what gives him top 5 upside, honestly, is the rushing ability. 10, 11, and 12 is where I struggled. Okay, I don't know about you, but 10, 11, 12 is where I struggled. So I went with upside more than I did the veteran presence, in a sense, even though some of these guys are veterans. Um, I easily wanted to include Cam somewhere in that 10, 11, 12 range. But I don't know where he's going to be. I don't believe it's going to be in Carolina. Plus, you'll have a new coach in Carolina, so what's their focus going to be? We don't know if he's broken yet. You know what I mean? We don't yep. know if he's going to retire. If he winds up in, say, Denver, yeah, he's probably a top 10 quarterback. And he might be the guy that you get late that you're willing to, you know, play matchups with. And if he doesn't work out, then it's an easy drop. But at 10, I have Carson Wentz because I think that he has to have better um, offensive weapons around him next year. 
And then 11 is a guy who, in short work this year, even though he's got an anchor of a head coach, I like Sam Darnold next year to, to crack the top 12. And then 12 is where I really struggled. Um, and I'm going to go with a preseason favorite, a guy who is easily in the top five for most people, because I still think that the weapons will be there. I think there will be a new coach in town, um, Baker Mayfield. Well, that's uh, really wishful thinking there because all the re- receivers want out, all the running backs want out, uh, the defense wants out. Uh, I'm hoping that's all just a matter of them getting rid of Freddie Kitchens. Yes. And then they'll all be like, okay, we're happy now. I think so. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I have Darnold and Mayfield both missing my tw- top 12. I, I don't hate either of those picks. But uh, for me, I, I went with uh, Wentz at 12. Again, for much the same reason, I think – that he will at least have weapons to throw to next year. Nelson Aguilar may or may not be back, but Elshon will be back. Deshaun Jackson will be back. Uh, Ertz may or may not come back, but they still have Dallas Goddard there. Yep. So they, they've got weapons. The offensive line will hopefully be healthy. I mean, they, they can't sustain any more injuries there. And that defense is going to just continue to be suspect. So they're going to be in games that are going to be high scoring. They're, I mean, you're playing in a division against mediocre secondaries at best half your games with Washington and the Giants. It, it's a good, good thing to keep them on there. But the other guy I have in there, I have once at 12 and I'm taking a shot in the dark on Tampa Bay, wising up and keeping Jameis Winston, who may not be a great real life quarterback because of all of his picks and whatnot. But from a fantasy standpoint, you can't argue with a guy who constantly throws over 300 yards and over three touchdowns a game. If I knew he was committed to Tampa Bay, I'd probably have him in my top five. Exactly. If if I knew they were committed to him, that's the problem, especially this early. I don't know if they are. I don't know if they'll take that risk. And then where does he go? Where does he wind up? Let's look at some of the possibilities. Let's say he ends up in Carolina. He's going to have two top-tier receivers there in Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, plus Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. Say he goes to Chicago. He gets to throw to Ellen Robinson and Anthony Miller, both very good good options there. Uh, not a whole lot of other open quarterback roles. Maybe he goes to, say, a, a Jacksonville, although I think they're going to be committed to using Gardner Minshew, and they still have Foles under contract, so I don't really see that happening. Maybe Tennessee, who's got the young A.J. Brown. But not a lot of quarterback openings. Not a lot of quality quarterbacks are going to be free agents. So, I mean, Tampa – Really, unless they plan on drafting a quarterback and using him from the get-go, might as well keep Winston in the lineup. Yeah, so that's why he didn't make my top 12, and he easily could have. I'm not going to dispute that whatsoever. So, All right, so I'll run down my top 12 again. I've got Lamar Jackson, Watson, and Russell Wilson in my top three, followed by Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold, and Baker Mayfield. And you have? 1 to 12. I've got Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Jameis Winston, and Carson Wentz. No Matt Ryan. No Matt Ryan. It's deep. That's that's the kind of guy. I I love Matt Ryan to death. But I need to see what they do as far as their offensive strategy next year. Yep, that's a fair point, too. Very fair point. Okay, so that's quarterback. We already spent more time than I would have liked to on it, but I get it. That's okay. People want to know lists, so we'll give it to them. 
Did you struggle at running back as much as I did in a couple spots? For a while I did, and then I sat down and just started looking at things a little bit more in detail. I thought about maybe going off the board with one of the rookies, but I'm not going to go that far for a top 12 pick for next year. Yeah, I'm not going to put any rookies in. I didn't put any rookies in mine either. I just went with current rostered um, players. So we hit on the, the under on the 10 of 12, and we didn't hit any in the same exact spot, believe it or not. So um, that might be a little odd. What do you think we're at on running back? How many in general do we match on? Uh, we are going to have we are going to have ten matches definitely, okay. and I am going to say that five of them will be in the same spot. Okay, I'm going to actually take the over on the ten and the under on the five. Okay, so. Let's just say right now, I don't know what you've got, but I guarantee you've got CMC at number one. You, you know me too well. I, I love me some CMC. CM, CMC Music Factory is money in the bank for me. He is number one overall. So there are three other guys that I would have considered for that spot, but there are reasons why I didn't. I, at number two, I struggle with number two and three, wanting to flip-flop them. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and health came came in the factor and let me put Zeke at two and Dalvin Cook at three. Even though I'm concerned with who the coach will be in Dallas, that maybe they'll be too pass-heavy, I still think Zeke's safer at that spot than Cook is, even though I love Cook's upside. But he's got to stay healthy. We did switch swat two and three here. Um, I agree with you. Dalvin Cook's injuries have, have to be a concern to some degree. For me, my biggest issue is – at least assuming that they stay with Jason Garrett is Zeke has not been used nearly enough in the passing game this year. Previous years he has been Delvin cook is bordering on being a bargain Christian McCaffrey yeah. in terms of his passing game usage, which gives him just a slight bump for me over Zeke. But again, they are two and three and they are fairly interchangeable. So you went two cook three Zeke. Um, yes. There's no way Jason Garrett's back in Dallas. I'm sorry. They're not winning the super bowl. So Jason's gone. I thought he would be gone by now. <laughs> no, I, I don't think Jerry wanted to do what happened to Cleveland, where you back yourself into putting in an interim, and if they have great success, then maybe you can't get the guy that you had your eye on. You know what That's I mean? That's true. So I can see why they're letting him finish out the string and milk it for what it's worth. At four is a guy who easily could finish number one. They have some questions on offense, um, but he'll be a bargain, I think, at four, and that's Saquon for me. I'm, uh, I'm taking Saquon, but not until pick number seven. Okay. I'll, give you my, I'll finish out my five then. I've got Saquon at four and Nick Chubb at five. Uh, we also do not match on Chubb's location. I've got him all the way down at 10, only because we don't know what that team as a whole is going to look like next year. I would agree with that, um, which is why. He is, a, he is a generational talent. Don't get me wrong. I, I love Chubb. That sounded bad, no. but Chubb, Chubb is definitely in my top 10, but I'm I, not taking them quite that high. I struggled with it. I also struggled with the fact of Kareem Hunt's there to siphon some stuff away. Now, um, he's not under contract for next year, though, is he? No, I don't believe so, but still, I mean, I don't know. So it, Chubb's risky at five. I just decided to go on the talent and upside alone. So, um, well, if we're, tell if we're talking talent and upside alone, then you should like my pick number four who may be in your top 12, and he may be out of your top 12. I think I know who it is. Go ahead. And this is all going to be about opportunity. My number four, 
is Austin Eckler, who will get the opportunity to do what he did over the first four games this season, all season long next year. (laughs) No, he is not in my top 12, believe it or not. Um, But I can understand why you're going that route. That's four is high, man. But yes, if you can guarantee he's going to get the, the bulk of the load, then it's worth it. Oh, his numbers those first four weeks were absurd. He he was actually a better fantasy producer the first three weeks than McCaffrey was. Yeah, that's true. People forget about that. Um, okay, so who do you have at five? At five, I'm going to go with the with the younger veteran Elvin Kamara, who should they they should get that whole situation figured out there. I think. I mean, Kamara's just got too much talent. Again, he's very very useful in the passing game. Uh, this season was kind of a lost season for him, but I think he'll be fully healthy next year. I think health is a part of it. Um, believe it or not, I have Kamara at six. Um, and, you know, Kamara is a good lesson for us, though. Health matters, but there's also going to be regression, right? How many? He had 18 TDs last year. Yep. This year he's got, I think, what, two, three? Something. I was going to say he hasn't scored since week three. Since week three. So I think it's two, not since week three, something like that. There you'll see positive regression next year. Exactly. So he, he's involved enough in the offense from a passing standpoint. He's a safe play in that 5-6 range, no doubt in my mind. Well, my 6 is also going to be a, a, a younger veteran and a guy who is the featured part of their offense. That's Leonard Fournette, who has really come on this season. He's been a machine both on the ground and in the air. He's actually developed into a pass-catching back this year. And that makes him very, very valuable. So I struggled with where to put Fournette, but based on his work in the passing game, I did find a spot for him in my top 10. Um, I actually thought you were going another route when you described Fournette. So I have Fournette at nine. Um, At seven, I have Josh Jacobs. Jacobs just barely made my top 12. Okay. I've got him listed at 12, and the only reason he went that low on my list is because I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be next season. Uh, You're you're talking about a coach who thinks Nathan Peterman is a talented quarterback. That's a scary thought for me. Josh Jacobs, on talent alone, much like Nick Chubb, should be able to do enough both in the running game and passing game to make him a a top 12 running back, but... Again, I've got him all the way down at 12 just because I think there's too many question marks about the rest of that offense. Okay. So your number five was? Kamara. Kamara. Your number six was Fournette. And, and seven was Barkley. Was Barkley. So who is your eight and nine? Because we know who my nine, my nine is. Eight and nine for me are Joe Mixon and Derrick Henry. Mixon has actually produced running back one numbers despite having the likes of Ryan Finley and Andy Dalton at quarterback and having no one on their offensive line. Cincinnati will have a legitimate quarterback next season, and they've got to use draft picks on this offensive line. That could only mean more value for Mixon. Uh, You asked for my nine also, right? Yep. My nine is Derrick Henry, yes. who is a bruising back in a great situation currently with Tennessee. Now, his future is kind of up in the air, too. I'm not 
a Derrick Henry Rube by any stretch of the imagination. My few shares of him this year I've traded away. But you cannot argue with the fact that when he hits you, it's like a freight train. We're, we're talking Jerome Bettis in his prime trolling through defensive linebackers with the ball. And as long as he can stay in an offense where he's featured, he has value. So Henry did make my top 12. It came down to him and somebody else, and I'll explain why I didn't go with to somebody else in a minute. My number eight is Aaron Jones. I still feel like, well, Jones has scored a lot of touchdowns. I think that's going to have him overdrafted somewhat next year. I still feel like the Packers don't use him enough. Jones finished at 14 on my list. I like him, and much for the reason you mentioned, I'm a little hesitant because they did just, for whatever reason, they still want to give the ball to Jamal Williams, particularly in the passing game, which yeah. frustrates uh, the heck out of me because Aaron Jones is a very good pass catcher and a better pass blocker than Jamal Williams. Uh, 10, we already mentioned, I went with Chubb at 10. I've got Jacobs at 12. And sandwiched in between those two, I've got this year's rookie, Devin Singletary. So that means that the over's not going to hit. Um, so you finished out with at eight. Chubb, Singletary. Oh, I'm sorry. Henry at nine, Chubb at 10, Singletary at 11, Jacobs at 12. Okay. So for me, what I have was at 10, 11, 12, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, and Derrick Henry. I thought considerably about Sanders. I actually have him at 13 on my list right now, so and, just barely missing the cut. <laughs> and, and look at where he is over the past, I think it's four weeks. The past four weeks, I think he ranks as like running back number four. So you know that he's going to be involved. He's shown to be a better pass catcher than what I think people thought he would be. So he can go nowhere but up, in my opinion. And I don't know that um, Jordan Howard's back next year. I hope he isn't. Jordan Howard is a complete drain on on life and just positivity in general. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad to see Howard gone. Hopefully he is. My only concern with Miles Sanders is when is the last time now you, you know, Philadelphia more than I do. When is the last time Philadelphia has used one featured back for an entire season? So here's how I look at it <clears throat> in today's NFL. A featured back is going to get you a top three, top four ranking, right? That's your Zeke's, your CMC's, your Cooks and Saquon's, right? Yes. After that, basically everybody's in a timeshare. As long as it's a two-headed timeshare and you're the one that's getting 55% of it, I'm okay with you. It's when it becomes a three-headed monster. As an example, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, and Matt Breida. That's a situation that you want to avoid. Yeah, and it... I, I don't know what's going to happen there either. I mean, Coleman could be could be jettisoned much like they did with Derek McKinnon. Yep. <laughs> All right, so go ahead and read down your top 12, 1 to 12. C-Mac, Delvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, Elvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, Devin Singletary, and Josh Jacobs. All right, and then my top 12 would be CMC at one, Zeke at two, Cook at three, Saquon at four, Chubb at five, Kamara at six, Jacobs at seven, Aaron Jones at eight, Fournette at nine, 
Miles Sanders at 10, Mixon at 11, and then Derrick Henry at 12. And I said I would tell you the guy that I fought with putting in at 12 or not, and that was Chris Carson. And if it wasn't for fumbles, I probably would have put him in my top 12. Yeah, I, I had Carson at number 15 this uh, in this exercise. Uh, I'm concerned about the fumbles. I'm also concerned about Rashad Penny coming back at some point next year. Yep. But as you can see, there are a lot of similar names in that running back class this, this year between the two of us. And again, one, two, three should be pretty clear uh, for all uh, drafters going into next season's uh, first round. Yeah, I'd be happy having the third or fourth pick, no questions asked. Exactly. Third or fourth pick, you're probably looking at McCaffrey, Cook, Elliott, maybe a Michael Thomas, maybe a Lamar Jackson if your league is quarterback heavy. You got options there. Yeah, I won't be looking at anything other than a running back in the top four, but that's just me. Um, all right, you ready to get into some DFS? Yes, we've got two sets to go through because the NFL has graced us with a wonderful Christmas present of a three-game slate on Saturday. Yes, they have. So let's start off with Saturday then. Yes. All right, over-under, it's, sh- it's a small slate. It's a small slate, so we're going to match on a bunch here. Uh, I've got us matching on... <clears throat> I've, I've got us matching on nine. I'll take the under. Okay. I, th- I was If you said eight, I'd have been like, ah, I think eight's given. Nine, it, it might be close. All right, so paying up-wise, I'm just going to say I gave very, very close consideration to saying I'll just pay up for the biggest guy on the board, Deshaun Watson, but no, I'm going with Jameis Winston. Okay, we're 0 for 1 to start things off. That's not a good sign for the over. Nope. Uh, I, I did pay up for Deshaun Watson. Um, I like Winston, obviously, too. Ooh, Watson just has better weapons to throw to right now. Tampa Bay is down their top two receivers. so In Tampa Bay, and I think Houston wins the game, so I think there's some garbage points in there. And Brashad Perryman looks like the receiver that Baltimore drafted him to be. Uh, both those defenses have holes in the second day. They both can be thrown on. It's going to be a shootout. And when you look at Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay just gave up more than 250 passing yards to David Blau. Yes. So <laughs> I, I think that we are definitely going to match on the stay away. I could be wrong, but I think we will. Um, I'm staying away from Tom Brady against that Buffalo defense, even though it is in New England. We didn't match. Oh, you're staying away from Josh Allen? No, you're I'm st- staying away from Jimmy Garoppolo versus the Rams. Okay. I do not like that $7,900 price tag on FanDuel. If you take out the five-touchdown outlier game uh, the Rams gave up to Lamar Jackson— the Rams as a whole have given up six passing touchdowns total over their last eight games. That's not good. <laughs> nope, that it's not. Here's what I – and he doesn't throw to wide receivers evidently, right? Um, it's, it was just – that game script was just ridiculous. I mean, again, fantasies, fantasy points aside, what we needed to succeed aside – how do you not throw more than four passes to your wide receivers? Yeah, I don't no. know. Um, how is that physically possible? I mean, even, Philadelphia threw seven passes to their wide receivers. They all went to Greg Ward. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Just Brady's YPA is like negative six right about now, it feels like. Um, not good. And, and we know how stingy the Buffalo um, pass defense is. And the wide receivers – Brady's struggling with them right now. So, I, you know what? I don't like I don't like Brady this week either. 
The only reason that I didn't choose him is because A, his price tag was the lowest on DraftKings, yeah. and, and B, because it is Foxborough, and Brady has some sort of ridiculous inherent magic at that stadium. Why do I have a feeling, though, that they're going to lose two straight after reeling off 21 straight wins, I think it was? I actually think Buffalo can beat them this week. Oh, Buffalo can completely beat them, but there's just so, such a mystique. Yeah, there at, is. In their home stadium there, I... <laughs> I, you can't vote against them ever there, even though, again, it, it would be a just a, a shot heard around the world type of thing if Buffalo could go in there and knock them off. So does that mean we're going to match at our value play with Jared Goff? No, no. Oh for 3. My value play is actually going to be Josh Allen at New England. <laughs> okay. Uh, the only running quarterbacks to face New England this season are Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Both scored on the ground versus this defense, and, and both put up some decent yardage. And a, a key stat here is over the last three weeks, New England has actually been prone to the deep ball pass, which kind of sets up for a sneaky Josh Allen, Smokey Brown hookup type thing. Okay. I just worry that he could have 86 passing yards. Which is what he had the first game. <laughs> and maybe two touchdowns on the ground. Um, but I just, there's a lot of risk there. I think that's going to be a lower scoring. I think you're looking at 13 10 ish for a score in that game. And I just don't want any parts of that from a DFS standpoint. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, two of the matchups this week are very defense forward, I would say. Yeah. And so when you're looking for a value this week, there's not a lot of value at the quarterback position. So you just got to kind of take that weird risk type play. And again, Allen might just be that risk. Man, I can't believe we went 0 for 3 at quarterback. We're usually Me too. spot on at quarterback. That means we got to run the table to hit the push at 9. It's not going to happen because I, I, running back, I think, is going to be the toughest position of the, of the four to choose I, from. I kind of agree with you on that, actually. <coughs> um, I decided to pay up for a three-headed monster, in a sense, um, but that's because somebody I don't think is going to play that much, possibly. But anyway, Raheem Mostert. Um, I love Raheem Mostert this week. He is going to be in pretty much every one of my Saturday lineups. He is not my payup, though. Okay. Uh, my payup was a little bit higher priced, I believe, and that's James White versus Buffalo. The Bills give up more points to running backs, obviously, than they do wide receivers. They've also allowed a few big gains by receiving backs, including James White back in week four. Well, if you remember, I think I had White as a value play last week because I felt that they have to involve him because of the wide receivers, and he got out of the gates what seemed to be pretty fast, but then not much happened after that. So he's actually a little bit less than Mostert. He's at 58 versus 61 and 65 You're versus 71. You're correct I'm thinking about fan ball pricing right now. So White's actually more than Mostert at fan ball. All right, we're going to get our first match right here. There's no way you're paying. you're going to play – Todd Gurley against the Niners in San Francisco needing a win. <laughs> we didn't match again. Oh, my God. Really? Well, uh, you know, so I don't, I don't hate the Gurley play only because Gurley has been playing decent lately. And the 49ers, the last couple of weeks, have actually kind of struggled with running backs. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to go whole hog at putting Gurley into my lineup. But as I said, White and Monster will probably be my – running back one, running back two in most leagues. But the guy I chose to stay away from is Carlos Hyde because you can't run the ball versus Tampa Bay. <laughs> that is true. That, that, I'm, you know what? And I'm not even sure that Houston will try to run the ball against Tampa Bay. You shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I just looked at his price tag, and it was a lot cheaper, so I wanted to stay away from a higher price guy. 
Yeah, no, I, I see Gurley as a guy this week that's going to be under-owned in this slate. And, again, I, I don't think he's going to be a huge performer, but I'll take 75 total yards and a touchdown or two. So, speaking of a touchdown or two, one of the guys I thought about using as my value play, but I just couldn't do it, is Frank Gore, because you know ball security is going to be an issue in New England. Yeah, and Devin Singletary did put the ball on the ground a couple times last week. Yep. So I, I did look at him, but I just can't, I can't in good faith say I want a guy that's going to have 10 carries for you know 26 yards and hope he gets two touchdowns. So I'm actually going to use Tevin Coleman as my value play. Considering his price, I have no problem with that. The Rams have been absolutely putrid against the run the last three weeks. So definitely Tevin Coleman's an option. Again, touchdown dependent, definitely at this point. Uh, I also considered Sony Michelle in what should be a run-heavy script for New England against Buffalo. And if, if we knew, if we had any clue in the world which running back Tampa would use more of, <laughs> yeah, Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber would be a great play this way this week for a value. But you know, we've got as much a better chance of flipping a coin and calling heads or tails and choosing which one's going to be. And even then, we might say defer, and the refs might not hear it properly. So I, I decided to punt on that whole situation. Uh, I'm avoiding Carlos Hyde, but I'll play Duke Johnson as a value play. Yeah, I can. And see the reason that. being, Tampa's given up 47 running back receptions over their last six games. That's eight per game over the last six games. That's Duke Johnson's role. I still can't believe how little Houston uses him compared to what I feel they should use him. <laughs> and for what it's you know, worth... It'll be interesting to see where he ends up next year. Yeah, that's true. For what it's worth, Dak said defer, but after he was asked like 77 times. and That, that almost made the news. I just figured it was, it, it was too overblown this weekend. And I know that everybody wants to bash Walt Anderson. He looked like he was already turning away. And remember, there's a lot of noise going on in a stadium. He probably mm -hmm. has an earpiece in one ear, right? Um, to talk to New York on. So I don't know if that's the ear that was facing Dak, and that's why I didn't hear it. Um, but, hey, New York went and they fixed it. I don't know if they should have, because um, he definitely said, "Let's we're going to kick. We're going to kick. We're going to kick. Defer. <laughs> it was almost like, I don't know, he was drunk. But he was. Well, let me defer to you as far as who you're going to pay up for at wide receiver. All right. So we got to get back on track here. We're 0 for 6, my man. On a short slate. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. So <laughs> if I'm going to pay up, I'm going to pay up for a guy that is the most expensive on the board. I'm just paying up for, for Hopkins. There's no way around it. Against Tampa Bay, I, if, I can't, if I can't commit to putting Watson in as my quarterback, give me some of it with Hopkins. Well, I, we do have our first match here. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is my pay up. I will preface this, though, as saying as far as this week goes, DeAndre Hopkins is my wide receiver two on this slate. I actually feel stronger production is going to come to Robert Woods this week. But I'm going to pay up again for DeAndre Hopkins because I want both of those guys in my lineup. Premium wide receiver ones have owned Tampa Bay all season. Hopkins is playing off of back-to-back 100-yard -back games. And the return of Will Fuller didn't steal touchdown from him last week. It actually opened up the field for him more. Okay, um, so who are you going to stay away from? I think we'll match here, too. I'm going to stay away from Julian Edelman versus Buffalo. We have number two. Uh, 
Edelman's body is completely battered. It's broken. It's bruised. It's finally contained him with all those injuries. He's, he's going to face probably the toughest overall secondary in football. Could end up shadowed by Tredavious White, even if he doesn't. The rest of the corners there are very, very good. Just not a good matchup for Julian. I don't disagree with you. So, and that goes hand-in-hand hand with my stay away of Brady. So um, I struggled to find a value play, honestly. There was a few different guys. I'm like, eh, I, don't, I want somebody a little more. And I was like, no, still risk. Uh, uh, you know what? Keep me in the same Houston-Tampa Bay game and give me Kenny Stills. I, I thought about Stills there. Um, ultimately, I went with uh, the wide receiver, two for Tampa. That's Justin Watson this week. Good one's out. Uh, Bashad Perriman and Watson will start. It, it's going to be a throwing fest. It's going to be a shootout. Uh, Watson's going to have to step it up this week, and his price tag is cheaper than Perriman, so he makes the better value play. Fair enough. I, I recommended Watson to somebody this weekend, and he kind of crapped the bed, so I guess maybe I'm a little Watson shy. Well, they also lost their uh, their number five receiver, too, this week uh, to IR, so yeah, they're really shorthanded. Yeah. It's crazy how <laughs> short some teams are at wide receiver. All right. Tight end, I don't know that we're going to match more than one at tight end, honestly. And we might go for three again. But You know what? So I had a very tough time with stay away because there really wasn't anyone that I just really hated. So I am with I, you 100% on that. I'm, I'm just going to say that I kind of punted the stay away position by saying I'm going to stay away from Gerald Everett at San Francisco. He did practice today limitedly. I don't think he's going to play this week, but if he does suit up, uh, he's basically been relegated, uh, relegated to second string now behind Tyler Higby, who's been absolutely on fire the last three weeks. Yep. Uh, his price tag is just too high to consider, I'd say. So we don't have a match on the stay away. Um, I'm paying up for George Kittle. Who are you paying up for? Are you paying up for Kittle? We're, we're, I'm paying up for Kittle, too. Okay, yeah, and Kittle yeah. got 17 targets last week. The entire rest of his team got 15. He has 70 or more yards and or a score in seven of his last nine games. Uh, he's, he is option one, a one B and one C for San Francisco to pass. Uh, if the Rams were smart, they would have Jalen Ramsey shadow him. It's not going to happen because Ramsey doesn't like to shadow guys, but if they were smart, they would do that. So my stay away kind of like yours. I feel like it's kind of a punt is a guy that you just can't trust. He was drafted highly. It's just, you can't trust him. If you do, you got to hold your nose, close your eyes, and just w- cross your fingers, right? I'm just mm-hmm. going to stay away from O.J. Howard. Even though I think it's a good matchup, I think he and Brake could cannibalize each other. I can't tell you which one of them is going to be productive. They each could go three catches for 45 yards, and you've got six for 90 with a touchdown to one of them. I don't know who's going to get it. Well, interestingly enough, I actually thought about listing both of them as my value play. I ultimately went with O.J. Howard, who got more targets last week. He actually has 19 targets over the last three weeks. He's posted 13 catches for 180 yards over that span. Earlier today, Jameis Winston went on Twitter and said that he has every intention of targeting both Brait and Howard repeatedly this week with the wide receiver injuries. I, I think they're both in play. Houston, they're, they've been giving up a lot to tight ends. Since week number five, Houston's giving up an average of five and a half catches 72 yards and half a touchdown to opposing tight ends. So that take is so hot, it sounds like they sent the fire department out towards your house. The, the fire department just came rolling by here. I don't know why. Hopefully no one in this building is dying. Let's hope not. Um, when I, you said you punted your stay away, I kind of punted my value play. Um, 
I went with Matt Lacoste since he's the cheapest on the board, honestly. Um, you're not looking at more than two to three catches, 10 yards, and hope that he gets a touchdown or two. I figure if you're going to go that low, I would just as soon play Darren Fells or Jordan Aikens. At least they're facing bad defense. <laughs> yeah, and truth be told, I'd wind up I'd wind up paying up for Kittle and just finding the value elsewhere. This is the week here where I'm doing a lot of double tight end. I'm seriously going to use Kittle and Higby in a lot of lineups together. I can see because it it's a short week, but I don't like I don't like going tight ends as flex. The odds of them scoring twenty plus points is much less than other positions. So that is uh, a very non-matching Saturday short slate. We matched on two, three, three with Kittle. Wow. We're yep. going to match on more in the long slate on Sunday. That's possible. I'm not going to lie to you. That is very possible. Um, I'll tell you what, let's change it up. You go ahead and start us off. Do you want to do the over-under first? Oh, yeah, go ahead and do the over-under. I'm going to say... <clears throat> I'm going to say an over of six. I've got to take the under the way we're going. Okay. Uh, my pay up at quarterback. Russell Wilson versus Arizona. Six teams have three or more passing touchdowns against the Cardinals, and two of their last four opponents have topped 400 passing yards. Russell Wilson had a very blah game in their first meeting this year. But this game could keep Seattle in the fight for the NFC West title. So expect the Seahawks to go all out here. We have a match. <clears throat> and one for one. Yep, one for one. And I'll tell you, I'm going to give the, the stay away, um, and I think that we might match here. He's been on fire of late. He is at home, so that was one thing that had me want to lean away from making him my stay away. But I'm going to stay away from Ryan Tannehill this week against that New Orleans defense in secondary. We are two for two. <clears throat> A.J. Brown. May I introduce you to Marshawn Lattimore? Yep. Yeah, let's see how much damage Ryan Tannehill can do throwing the ball repeatedly to Corey Davis. Yuck. (laughs) Throwing the ball to Corey Davis is kind of that feeling you have when you're sick, like my partner Steve is here tonight. Yeah, they could always run the ball with Jonu Smith instead. (laughs) That was actually a good strategy last week. It was. Who's your value play? I'm going to go way down near the bottom and choose Andy Dalton at Miami. You know, Dalton can throw the ball all around South Beach, and no matter where he looks, he isn't going to see Stephon Gilmore. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Um, I looked at Dalton. I wound up paying up a little higher for my value play, and it's twofold. He does not have the weapons to make him a good value play. Okay? Enough said. It's that critical of a game. So here's what's going to happen. The Eagles are at home against Dallas. If you think Dallas is going to go in and win that game, then there will be plenty of garbage points for Wentz, right? I, on the other hand, think that if the Eagles are going to win, they're going to have to throw the ball well, and they'll throw it to their backs, and they'll throw it to their tight ends. So I'm using Carson Wentz as my value play. I have no problem with that. I seriously considered him as well. Okay. All right, so we're two of three at quarterback. Start us off at running back. Well, I chose Russell Wilson as my pay-to-play quarterback. I'm going to choose his running back as my pay-to-play running back, and that's Chris Carson versus Arizona. Arizona has allowed four of its last seven opponents to rack up double-digit running back receptions, and they have allowed 98 or more rushing yards in five of those games. So you're looking at a legitimate chance at 100 yards on the ground 
and 10 catches from Carson. So it's kind of a half match. I wrote Carson down first, and then I crossed him out. Um, I went with Saquon Barkley. I know he's on the road. I just think it's going to be a good matchup. If they get Daniel Jones back like expected, I think they'll want to be able to keep Saquon involved both in the pass and the run game. So I think we see him, because Washington wants to lose this game. Let's make no bones about it. They're, going to, they're not going to be very competitive in this game. I think that Haskins played his heart out and his just everything out this past week against the Eagles. They will fall flat this week. So I like Barkley against that Washington defense. Okay. Who are you staying away from? Staying away from my number five ranked running back for next year, Nick Chubb. Okay, I, I would agree with staying away from him this week. I actually am completely ignoring the entire offense this week in Tennessee. So I'm going to stay away from Derrick Henry versus the Saints run defense. Okay. Only one running back has topped 75 rushing yards against New Orleans all season, and none have topped 83 yards on the ground. And realistically, Henry just isn't used enough in the passing game to make up for this. Oh, yeah, and he's also playing through a hamstring injury right now. I don't have a problem with that one at all. This one is in Cleveland, but remember, I think, what did Cleveland put up? Was it a 40-burger on yep. Baltimore in Baltimore early in the season? So and Chubb reeled off a big touchdown. So I think I don't like either of those guys. So um, My value play, I had a hard time finding a, what I felt was a safe value play. So... I decided to take liberty with the word value and put that to what I'm expecting from a production standpoint. So I expect we get three times value out of Devontae Freeman against that Jacksonville defense. That is a match for us. I considered uh, Marlon Mack this week as well. I did too. But over the last six games, Jacksonville is allowing 222 combo yards per game to opposing running backs. And they've also given up 10 total touchdowns over that. It's, it's all Devonta Freeman right now. Uh, yes, Brian Hill or Quadri Allison might steal a touchdown. But, I mean, it, Atlanta has nothing to play for. Those other guys are just change of pace backs at best. Freeman's going to get most of the yardage both on the ground and through the air. Yep. All right, so we got three so far through the first two positions. At wide receiver, I know we're going to match on our pay-up because he very well could break Marvin Harrison's record this week and not need week 17. Michael Thomas. Give me, give me Michael Thomas all day, every day right now. Michael Thomas is the second hottest player in football right now behind Lamar Jackson. And five of the last seven wide receiver ones to face Tennessee have topped 100 receiving yards. Meanwhile, you know, Thomas has topped 100 yards in eight of his last 10. So it, it's certainly shaping up for an obvious 100-yard performance. Another 10 catches easy. Just set it and forget it with Michael Thomas right now. Yep, can't disagree there. So my next guy, I think he's an easy stay away, especially with how high he's priced. Um, I know you're probably going to stay away from A.J. Brown, but I think there's a guy that's just close enough price-wise that's even riskier, and that's because we don't know what Will Greer is going to do at quarterback. So I'm staying away from D.J. Moore. Uh, I considered both of them, and I did ultimately decide to go with Brown to complete my anti-stack of Tennessee players this week. But, yes, yeah, stay away from D.J. Brown. The matchup's not good there either. Brown will get Lattimore. And, and you know what? Maybe because everyone else will be off of Brown because of this, maybe, just maybe, sneak him into a GPP and see if he can get beyond the defense for a touchdown. 
A couple weeks ago, the Saints gave up some yardage to Emmanuel Sanders in San Francisco, so anything's possible. That is true. I know we're going to match on the value play because I'm my value play becomes your value stack. I like John Ross as a value play. Oh, boy, I considered him, but we didn't match. Oh. <laughs> I'm going for truly, truly cheap here. I'm going to go Danny Amendola at Denver. And the main reason being is Denver's pass defense has been very susceptible, susceptible, uh, susceptible the last couple of weeks. Uh, and realistically, David Blau can't throw it further than Amendola's root tree. So <laughs> Amendola is going to get 10 catches just because that's all the further he can throw the ball. But John Ross is cheaper than Amendola. Yes, he is. I do like John Ross this week, certainly. He's going to be boom or bust, but I think that it booms. You know, they like to have those late afternoon thunderstorms down in Miami, so. <laughs> All right, so let's see. We're at four. Moving over to tight end, which means we have to sweep it to get hit your over, but I called the under, so let's see what happens. I think we both match on this payup also, and it has to do with the fact that there is just – no other options to be option number one in Philly. Plus, that Dallas defense is thin at the linebacker spot. Um, with uh, Van Der Esch should be out again, um, and you know that Sean Lee's frail. And I believe that what's his name, Joe Johnson, I think, got dinged up this past weekend too. So Zach Ertz, I think, is an easy pay up at the tight end position. It's a clear match, easy pay up here. Zach Ertz, uh, Dallas has allowed opposing tight ends to post 21 catches and 218 receiving yards over the last two weeks. Ertz has double-digit targets, five of his last six games, scoring five times over that period. As you said, Philadelphia is completely devoid of pass-catching weapons right now. I mean, it, There was a point where they were using Boston Scott at wide receiver last week. Uh, Zach Ertz is the wide receiver one in Philadelphia right now, and he should easily post 10, 100, and at least one in this game. Yep. So my stay away I struggled with. Me too. Um, so I wound up going a route that you probably would not, um, and I'll explain why. But I went with Mark Andrews as my stay away. We're not going to match here. I considered that heavily, though. I really did. I I really seriously considered staying away from Mark Andrews based on his price tag. Price? I, I, I decided to scroll down the list a little bit further, and I, I went with Jack Doyle. Now, again, it, it, it was a really tough decision, but the one thing that Carolina's defense is actually halfway decent at is covering tight ends. Yeah, so I could have punted by saying Evan Ingram, even if he's back. I don't know that you can trust him and stuff like that. You can't. You really can't. The reason I said Andrews was they've got three, four, five, eight tight ends in Baltimore that, that could wind up having the big day. The Browns are like 25th in points allowed to the position over the last month. So I figured if I'm going to punt somebody, that's going to be him. Exactly. <laughs> well, and so I, I, took the, uh, I took the easy way out at value play, so maybe we'll match. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but we definitely are going to have to wrap it up because my medicine's running, running out, or I should say wearing off, um, and I can barely hear you. My value okay, play so – go ahead. You do yours. My value play, easy, follow the procedure, Jacob Holster versus Arizona. 14 games, 15 tight end touchdowns allowed. I rest my case. Yeah, it probably should have been him, but it's not. I'm going – and this one's dependent on the person that he plays in front of. It plays in back of being injured and out still, but I'm going with Caden Smith um, for the Giants. Absolutely agree there, too. Great pick. 
So the under hit on both. So what that means is you're going to have to make up more lineups this week to cover all these possibilities. There you go. And you can also just say, I'm just going to follow Harley because he's not on medication and Steve is right now. So I don't know how sane he is with what he's saying. Um, and if they've looked at my picks lately at the huddle, that, that'll probably make them swing towards not listening to me also. Well, I will say this last week was one of my roughest weeks, <clears throat> but uh, I kind of got saved a little bit by the primetime slate once again. So. <laughs> yeah. so before we say goodbye, I know I want to address one thing, and that's that I'm sure people that are going, it's championship week. Why did you not give us any help for championship week? Look, you're in your championship game. You've gotten yourself there. We may have helped along the way. Go do what you feel like you need to do. Hit us up on Twitter if you need some extra advice. You can hit Harley up at Nuclear Harley. You can hit me up at Steve Gallo NFL. And, of course, it's still not too late to subscribe to the huddle if you haven't done that yet. But next week we'll be back for if you happen to play in Week 17. Hopefully you don't. But we'll be going over DFS for you because that makes it easier to do in Week 17, as well as giving our top 12 at the wide receiver and tight end position. And as always, until next week, Get Blitz for Sponsor. Cheers. <laughs>